morning, church. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord, and uh, it's a blessing to, uh, for each one of us to be able to uh, uh, gather together to hear the Word of God this morning and to see what, what is God going to tell me this morning? How, how is God going to minister to my heart, to my life this morning? Uh, as we were singing Amazing Grace, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you know that a lot of these hymns have not just amazing theology, but they also have amazing history behind each one of those hymns. There, 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 there are stories behind those hymns, and, and it's, it's moments that people were going through very tough times that God led them to write some of these hymns. And they were writing these hymns as they were going through struggles and everything. But the reason they were writing some of these hymns is because they did not lose hope in the midst of adversity. They did not lose hope. And because they kept their hope in Jesus, they kept their hope in God. That's the reason why they kept on writing. And we have some amazing, amazing hymns that I, I love it every time we sing, uh, we sing these hymns. So, uh, but I'm excited also that you decided to join us this morning uh, on our first week of a new series, a four-week series that we have on the hope for Christmas. Uh, we're starting our Christmas series. It doesn't mean it's Christmas yet, okay? It's the advent of Christmas. In other words, it's we're waiting. We're coming to Christmas. It's coming. Uh, it is time of, uh, it's a time of waiting for something good to happen. It's a time for us to trust in God and His promises. Uh, you know, the promises that God has for our lives. And uh, so well, let's open up our Bibles. If you have your Bible with you, if you don't, if you have a phone, if you have a tablet, let's open up our Bibles in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. If you don't have a Bible and you would like to have one, all you have to do is in our Connect Center in the back, we will be more than glad to take your name and we'll get you a Bible. But if not, also you have the verses over here on the, on the screens this morning. And uh, let's open up our Bibles in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and verse 6 and 7. Today... Uh, on our first Sunday of December, we're going to talk about the anticipation of hope. The advent. The anticipation of hope. It has been said that you can exist for weeks. Weeks without food. You can exist several days without water. You can exist a few seconds without air. But you cannot live for a long period of time without hope. Because we need hope to cope. Sometimes we don't realize how much we really need hope. Until hope is the only thing we have. Until hope is the only thing we have left on the table. A lot of times we don't realize that's what we need. Hope keeps us alive. Hope keeps our soul Alive, the, the, the world needs hope. Hope is a powerful word. But a lot of times we don't realize how powerful is the word hope. As a matter of fact, the Greeks had a word for hope. And, and the word that they use for hope, it, it means breath. It means to give oxygen to someone. In, in other words, as a person is going, is running in life, 
And sometimes we, we hear expressions like, for example, oh man, I just feel like I'm running, running out of oxygen. Well, the word hope means to give, bre- to, to give bread, to give, bre- you know, to give oxygen to someone who is running out of oxygen because you've been going, you've been running against the wind, you've been running against the current, you've been running and running and running, and it feels like you're running out of air. But when you hope, it's like you're receiving that oxygen that you need to keep on going. Hope is the one thing we cannot lose. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul told the, uh, the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the, the Apostle Paul told the church that we will, a lot of things will disappear. And even, even the Apostle Peter said that everything that we see around us will one day get burned. It will burn out and it will be gone. But the Apostle Paul says there's one thing that we got to keep in mind. There are three things that will stay. And what are those three things? Let's see if somebody knows. What is it? Faith, hope, and love. But notice one thing. The Apostle, you guys read your Bibles. That's great. Um, So faith, hope, and love. But notice one thing. The faith is what connects me to God. Love is what connects me to God's creation. But in the middle of faith, connecting with God and connecting with creation is hope. Because we have to have hope as a believer, as a, as a human being. I have to have hope, not hope, not just a wishful thinking hope. But I have to have hope in the promises that God has made because God is faithful to His promises. And the promises God has made in my life... I know He will be faithful. My hope is in God who will be faithful to fulfill those promises on its due time. But, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for those promises to be real in my life. But at the same time, I'm loving people. But in the middle, in the center of our lives, we need hope. And that's what hope, that's why hope is in the middle. In other words, hope is what keeps us going during difficult times. If you don't have hope during difficult times, let me tell you, if you have gone through this before and you lost hope, you know life has not been the easiest at that moment if you lose hope. If you lose hope, a lot of people just don't see a reason, don't see a reason to keep on going. Hope is what keeps us going during difficult times. Hope is what we need when we hear bad news. So what happened in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7? That is exactly what was happening to the people of Israel back then. They were experiencing, they were experiencing tough times. They were going through rough times when God gave the prophet Isaiah these words in chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. In the book of Isaiah, in this passage, they were going through a very rough time. And we will, we will learn that today. But as they were going through a very tough time, God wants to make sure that His people will always know there is hope in God. And as they were going through this rough time, God gives them this promise. And He says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on His shoulders. And He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of His government and peace will be, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding, and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The seal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So what was happening when God has given them this, this, this ray of hope? They were actually going through a very rough time in their lives. To the point that they had lost, they had lost hope. And, in, and, and at that moment, they needed to hear a word that will bring them hope again. They were living in very dark times. Uh, how do we know they were living in dark times? They were living in dark times because if we look at the context of this verse, and we go to verse 2 on the same chapter, let's go to verse 2 now on this chapter. You, I want you to see uh, what God was telling them uh, through the uh, prophet Isaiah. He says, the people who walk in darkness, they were going through a tough time. They were going through a rough time. They were going through a very dark time in life. Now, if you think about it, Sounds similar to what we're experiencing in our, day, in our days today, in our lives today. We're going through a very dark times in our nation and in the whole world. We're going through dark times. A lot of people has lost hope. There's a lot of issues people are dealing with, and people are not finding the hope that they're hoping to get so they can keep on going. But the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. So there was darkness at that time when God gave them that promise on verses 6 and uh, six and 7. And we know that because we see it in verse 2. They will see a great light. Even though it's darkness, they will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Notice how the, the, the prophet Isaiah even emphasizes that the land, that the land it, it was in, uh, of deep darkness. And, and this language, this is strong language here. People walking in darkness for those who dwell, those who were submerged in deep darkness... It is described as deep darkness. The people of Israel needed to hear a word of hope during these difficult times. They were going through tough times. They were going through times of deep darkness. They were, uh, they, 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 they were living in difficult times. And, and what, what, was, how, what was the context of these difficult times? Why were they living in difficult times? So I'm going to take you to one more text be, before I get to explain the whole thing. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 1 verse 1. They were living in difficult times when God gives them a ray of hope in verses, in chapter 9 verse 6 and 7 that we just read. And... Why was that? Because when the prophet Isaiah received the prophecies of his book, in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, he says, These are the visions that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. He saw this vision during the years when Uzziah, Jotan, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were kings of Judah. So when Isaiah receives... All the way from chapter 1 to the end of the book, these four kings, they had their time during the times of the prophet Isaiah. 
And there were, and some of these kings were good kings, but there was one of these kings that was not a good king at all. So believe it or not, there is actually a lot here in this verse to help us understand when Isaiah is talking about a people dwelling in deep darkness. Chapter one of verse, uh, chapter one and verse one tells us a little bit about that when we read the phrase that the kings of Judah is important to understand uh, who were the kings of Judah and during what time they were reigning. Let, let me explain uh, really quick. Israel was a fantastic nation. Israel was an amazing nation. God blessed the nation of Israel. They had a lot of land. Uh, that, that was defined as land that was flowing with milk and what? Milk and honey. So the people of Israel, they were like, they were blessed. They were experiencing all these blessings. They were experiencing wealth. There was wealth. There was stability. There was a stability. There was land to be shared with each other. Uh, it, it was a place where people were experiencing God's blessings. It was amazing. But Scripture goes on and tells us that because of their disobedience or their own choices, God had to bring consequences to them. Even though they were experiencing blessings, they lost a lot of those blessings because of wrong choices. They made the wrong choice, they made, bad, they made bad choices, they sinned against God, and they lost a lot of those blessings. So scripture tells us that they, uh, that the nation of Israel basically was broke. And a lot of times, if we think about ourselves, the reason that a lot of times we don't experience some of God's blessings, blessings that God wants to share with us, many times it has not to do, it doesn't have anything to do with God, but it has to do with the way we're living life. It has a lot to do with the way we're making decisions in our own lives. And so the, the, the nation of Israel was, it, it broke in two. It wasn't just broken internally, but it was broken to the point that it broke into two kingdoms. It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful uh, nation. But because of their disobedience, now it was divided. And so I want you to see the map that I want to show you right now. I want to show you a map. This is when Israel was one nation. And they were experiencing all these blessings. They were going through a great time in their lives. But they kept on being disobedient to God. They kept on ignoring God. So they were like, you know, I think a lot about people sometimes who want to experience God's blessings. But they don't want to listen to God. So uh, sometimes I tell people, sometimes we want to pray the five, the, the five cents prayer, but we want the million dollars answers, right? And so this is what the nation of Israel were doing. They, they were disobeying God back and forth, over and over. So they were a great nation. They were blessed. God had given them the land. But now, because of their disobedience, now the nation was broken. Not just the nation of Israel. Society nowadays is not very different. People, we are not very different than that. We ignore God. And a lot of times, that's what breaks us. And a lot of times, we gotta be, we, we, we gotta be honest with ourselves. There's no one here who is not broken. We're all broken people in some ways. 
Some of us might accept that, some of us might not. But a lot of times, it has not, nothing to do with God, not because God doesn't want to work in your life. It's a lot of times because just as the nation of Israel ignore God, a lot of times we tend to ignore God. And God a lot of times keeps on talking to us. God wants to reach out to us. God wants to send, God sends a message through one person, through another person, through another person, and we just keep ignoring. You know what they were doing? They were ignoring, completely ignoring the prophet Isaiah. And, and it's interesting because when we're talking about that verse, if, if you see the verse that we were to, uh, looking at in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 1, it mentions four kings that we just read. And those four kings, and, uh, you know, there were kings of the, of the, um, let's go to the map again. Um, of this nation, the two nations, when they were divided, the two kingdoms, they were the kings of the southern kingdom right here, the one in, in orange, uh, the one that is in color orange, uh, and they were, they were reigning through different times, through different times in that kingdom. Uh, let me let me let me show you the, the years that they were reigning through uh, in that kingdom, and who were they? Uh, the first one is uh, Uzziah. Uzziah was around. Uh, let's put let's put this. There you go. Uh, Uzziah, Uzziah was between 792 and 740 BC before Christ. Uh, Uzziah began his reign well. This was a good king. H- have you ever met people that? There's, they, they start good, they, they start well, but they don't end well because they don't, they don't stay faithful to the calling. And, and so Uzziah began his reign well, seeking God's guidance in the beginning of his kingdom. However, Uzziah became very prideful and pride broke him. Pride can do a lot of damage in our lives. But however, pride uh, led him uh, to enter the temple unlawfully and, and resulting in God striking him with leprosy. Despite of this, he, he had success, military success. And, 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 but for the most part, he was always, he was there seeking God in, 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 in some ways. Then we have Jotan, uh, and Jotan, uh, he was reigning between 750 and 731. And he is generally considered to have uh, followed God's way. He fortified Judah and experienced prosperity during his reign. But then we get to the third king, Ahaz. And now this king, this is when Isaiah is writing Isaiah chapter 7 to chapter 9. Is during this king, Ahaz. Because during this king is when the nation goes completely south. It is amazing how some generations of people can be faithful to the Lord and all of a sudden... Have you ever questioned yourself sometimes if your kids are not walking with the Lord or they're not walking with the Lord the way you would like them to walk with the Lord? I always tell parents, I said, as long as you did everything you can do, you did your part. All you, have to, all you can do is do your part. The rest of them, sometimes they're just make, they'll make their own decisions as they grow up. And sometimes they'll make dumb decisions. Very few times they'll make smart decisions. But a lot of times they just they'll walk, they will walk away from the Lord. And a lot of times the Lord will have to take them through a process of different situations, tough situations in their lives, so they can come back to the Lord. 
Sometimes that's the way the Lord has to deal with people. But Ahaz was not a good king, so he had two good kings before him. And then during the time of Ahaz, Ahaz was a terrible, was an evil king. And during this time is when the Lord, when the people of Israel are going through a hard time. They're struggling, they're suffering. And they're suffering so much that God says that what the people of Israel need right now is they need a ray of hope. If I don't give them hope right now, during this tough time, they're, 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 you know, they're going to get discouraged. So Ahaz had faced, you know, he had challenges due to his departure from God's command. He engaged in idolatry and faced military defeat after defeat. And Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, confronted him many times, but Ahaz continued in his unfaithfulness. Then after Ahaz uh, came Hezekiah, he was also a righteous king, and he was a good king. But let's talk a little bit about Ahaz, because that is when Isaiah writes chapter 7 through 9. And King Ahaz, what was he doing? What was so evil? Ahaz was an idolater. Ahaz practiced idol worship. Uh, he was practicing idol worship, de- deviate, deviating uh, from the worship of the one true God. And uh, he was encouraging the people to do the same thing. Uh, he brought altars and, and uh, you know, of uh, other gods from other nations into the temple. Uh, he, cons- he was building altars uh, from pagan deities, and, um, and he was encouraging people to idolize these, these pagan gods. Uh, he was so evil, I don't know if you know this part of the story, but he was so evil that he was also, he was even sacrificing children. He was so evil. It was dark times. So when you look at Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, then you remember, oh, there was, uh, it was dark. It was deep darkness in the land. Because he was even, he even sacrificed his own children. And he was encouraging people to do the same. He was evil. It was tough. The, the people were looking at, there's no hope. And when people were thinking that way, I mean, he had alliances with Assyria who were the enemies of God's people. He disregarded the prophet Isaiah one after time, time after time, defiling the temple. He was, social injustice was in his heart. He, he was oppressing the weak. He was oppressing the poor. Uh, and he had oppressive practices contributing to social injustice within his kingdom. Uh, he was ignoring the law, the Torah, God's law, uh, fail in his leadership. Sounds familiar? There was a king. This, this was a king. People who are a lot of times, we're trusting them to help them to run our lives, right? To run our nation, to run our communities, to run society. And a lot of times, they're failing in their leadership. Neglecting a prophetic counsel from Isaiah. These actions collectively contributed to the spiritual and moral decline of Judah during the time of Ahaz. And it's during this time, it's, 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 here is when Isaiah writes these words, going back to Isaiah 9, 9, 2. Uh, going back to Isaiah 9, 2, this is when Isaiah says, you know, the people who walk in darkness, you guys are walking in darkness, Isaiah says, and because you will see, you walking in darkness, know this, God will allow you, God will let you see a gray light. 
God will let you see a great light for those who live in the land of deep darkness. It, it wasn't just dark. It was deep darkness. It was deep stuff going on there. And, and you know what? A light will shine. So when you're going through deep darkness, I don't know if you ever had the chance to, uh, to, 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 to walk in, in some of those trails at night. So if you get stuck in the mountains at night, you guys, some of you guys know that I like, I like, I like hiking a lot, but sometimes you gotta be very careful. If you get stuck in those trails at night, that is a dangerous thing. You're walking in deep darkness and you don't know where you're, you know, where you're going. But God wants you to keep your hope in Jesus. God wants you to keep your hope that even though it's dark, even though your kids might be going through a tough time, you're, uh, you know, you might be going as, a, you know, with your spouses, you might be going through a tough time, you might be going through a tough time in your community at work. He wants you to know that you can keep the hope that we can only find in the Lord Jesus. And that's why he comes to chapter 9 again, which is our text from this morning, and he says, for to us a child is born. And, and now I want you to know this. If Ahaz was the one, the one king that was evil, so he was a king and he was ruling, he was running the nation. He says, for, us, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. So immediately these people thought, oh, different type of government. Oh, God is going to give us somebody different. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Totally different than Ahaz, right? Totally different. And now, he's not just going to be called Wonderful Counselor. He is Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He is a leader. He is somebody who's going to treat you different than what you've been treated, the way you've been treated. Have you ever been treated unfairly? Have you ever been treated, you know, in, in the wrong way? It's, it's sad when you feel that you've been treated wrong. But here is the one who was, gonna, who was being promised to the nation of Israel. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He's going he's gonna to be like a father to you, Prince of Peace. And then he goes on in verse 7 and says, Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. This is a different type of king he's telling them. So do you see where I'm going with this? So now he's telling them, this is what you're living like. This is what you're experiencing. This is the discouragement. This is the darkness you're living in. But here is the hope. The hope is in the child that's been given to you, the child that is going to be born, he is going to be a different type of ruler. The greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end to his kingdom. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. He's not going to be an unjust king. He's not going to be an unrighteous king. He's going to be a righteous king. He's going to be a great king. Giving the people hope in God because they can. They couldn't have hope in, in the king. They couldn't have, they shouldn't have hope on wealth. They shouldn't 
keep their hope in the land that they, were, they had received, or, in, or even hope in their leaders. Only when that child that was going to come and reign, only when that child is born in your own heart, you know you can have the perfect hope. Hope in the child. Because Jesus is the object of our hope. You know, you might have wishful thinking sometimes. If the object of your hope is not Christ, then we miss the point. Because hope is to believe God. God will be faithful when the road gets tough. We can hold on to the promises of God. The hope is on the promises of God. And He is truthful. He is faithful. So many people in the world today are living in darkness. Just like the nation of Israel was doing it. Just uh, uh, what they were going through. So many broken people because of their own choices. So many broken people because of sin. So many people depending on wealth today. You know, you hear stuff that you're just like, you know, so many people depending on wealth, so many people depending on power, so many people depending on position, possessions, or other people depending on other people. Be codependent, you know what? It, it makes me happy to be with this person, it makes me happy to be with this other person. And, and you know what? We're not depending on God. And God, when they were losing hope, God gives them this promise and says, This is all you're going through. This is the darkness you're experiencing. Here is the hope that I'm giving you. Here is the hope that I'm offering you. And that's the same hope God offers today. A lot of times we, we would like for somebody to fix our problems. You know how many times I've done counseling and people come for counseling thinking, I'm going to fix their problem. I tell them right up front, I'm not going to fix your problem. I'm just going to point to you, to the one who can fix your problem, if you submit your will to His will. But not if you want to keep on living life the way you do. Not if you want to live a life in disobedience, then you will keep on living life in darkness. And, and, and so, they were experiencing three, 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 three things that they were experiencing here. I want you to see that the, 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 they, were, they were experiencing three major things. They were experiencing spiritual darkness. It was, it was horrible what was going on during that time. They were experiencing ex- spiritual darkness. They were experiencing all types of leadership had failed them. All types of leadership have failed them. Government failed them. Leadership, community leadership had failed them. But you know what's interesting is that even leadership at home had failed them. You know, our society is a reflection of our homes. From our homes. Because we make society. Is there hope? Of course there is. That's what God has given them this promise. So God gave them the hope that they needed to hear. They needed to see. They needed to look forward to this. People often anticipate hope during challenging times or when they're facing uncertainties. Hope adds 
to our lives a sense of anticipation and optimism. That's when we hope adds that to us. Hope indeed plays a crucial role in sustaining one spirit, often providing resilience and motivation in challenging circumstances. If we don't have hope, then you don't keep on going forward. You don't keep on moving forward. And that's when Isaiah tells, gives this promise to the people of Judah, to the kingdom of Judah. He says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be in charge. And he will be called. Now, but he says the government will be on his shoulders. He will be in charge. Now, let me ask you, is God in charge of your life? Or are you in charge of your life? But so many times I heard people say, you know what, I'm, I'm, you know, my life is mine. And I have, I have news for you. Your life is not yours. Somebody allowed you to be born. That was God. And the Bible says that God has your days counted. He knows exactly when he's going to tell you, life is over, buddy. You're done. Your life is not yours. You might think it's yours, but it's not yours. So he says the government will be on his shoulders. Is he reigning in your life? He will be called Wonderful Counselor. You know, if he's a wonderful counselor, if he's running your life, if he's reigning over your life, is he, is he a counselor to you? How do you make decisions in life? How, how, do you, how do you make those tough decisions in life? Do you make them seeking God's wisdom in decision making? Are you relying on the, on the wonderful counselor and, and navigating life challenges through his counsel, not yours? Because a lot of times we think we know more than God. I know the Bible says that, but but once you say but, man, you, you went wrong. I know the Bible says that, but. You know, he's the wonderful counselor. He's the one who knows best. And that's where we got to keep our hope on. That he knows best, so I'm going to follow his counsel. He's the mighty God, trusting in God, meaning that we're trusting in God's strength in difficult times. He's the mighty God. He's the one who will take care of the tough situation. He will take care of those difficult times that are going through. Confidence in facing challenge times. You know, why do you have confidence when you're facing challenges in life? Because He is the mighty God, not you. He can do all things. Not you. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it himself. He says, there is many things you cannot do away from me. Away from me, you cannot do a lot of these things that you think you need to do or that you want to do or that you need to do. Confidence in facing challenges with assurance that the mighty God is in your side. God wants to give us hope. Everlasting Father, in other words, embracing and extending unconditional love to others, encouraging a sense of security because He is our loving Father. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Do you guys like, do you guys, do you guys love to experience peace in your life? Isn't that beautiful? 
when you can get home and you're like, oh, and nobody's home. If, if there are people at home, it's kind of hard, right? But when you get home and it's quiet and peacefully, and you're like, oh, man, I can just lay down on this couch. and Well, He is the Prince of Peace. When you rely on God, no matter what you're going through, you get to this point that you're like, you know what? Yeah, that's bothering me, but you know what? Nothing is going to happen that God does not allow it. He gives you peace. And if, if it happens, it's because He allows it. And if He allows that in your life, He's got a purpose behind that. There is a reason. There is a purpose. You just got to keep your hope, not in people, not on wealth, not on land, not on how many houses or properties you have. You just got to keep your hope in Him who has control. If He is the one reigning in your heart, govern, if He has the government of your heart. He's the wonderful counselor, prince of peace. And it's amazing because the greatness of His government and peace will be with no end. He will reign and He can reign in your life today. The question is, do you want to run your life? Or do you want God to run your life? That's the question. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You so much, Lord, for this day. We are so blessed, Lord, to know that You are our wonderful Counselor. That You are the one who has the government, who has, the, the, who has our hearts, who is the king of our hearts. You are the mighty God. You can do all things. There's nothing that I need to be worried about. You're my everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. And you will reign forever in my life. My hope is not on, in people, on wealth. My hope is not on all these material things in the world. And as dark as life can be, as dark as things can be, as, even if it's deep darkness, I know that my Savior lives. And that I can depend on you. And that you love us unconditionally. And that is the hope we have. That is the hope, that the anticipation of hope. So we pray, Lord, that if anybody is in our midst this morning, and if anybody is willing to say, Lord, come and have the government of my heart reigning my life, if anybody wants to give you control, Lord, that that person will ask for the forgiveness of sin. If you are here with us for the first time and you have never given your life to Christ. And you have lived a life like the way the people were living life 
in darkness, not knowing what to do, not knowing what decisions to make. God is also giving you that hope where you can let Him reign in your life. And now He will be your, your, your wonderful counselor. He will be your Prince of Peace. He will be your mighty God. He will be your everlasting Father. He will guide your life. What God wanted from the people of Israel was repentance. And to ask for forgiveness. Because they have walked away from Him. God did not walk away from them. But what God wants from you is the same thing. It's for you to walk to Him and not away from Him. For you to allow Him to be the one who reigns in your life. So, Father, we just pray that if there is a person in this place who would like to give you their lives, we pray that you will receive them, Lord, and that they will pray that prayer to begin that journey, the journey of hope, so they can experience the hope. We pray all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.